Welcome to the Christ-Centered Body Image Podcast. I'm your host, Sharissa. I'm an online nutrition coach and the founder of Christ-Centered Body Image, an in-depth course on body image from a biblical perspective. I love learning about the Bible, doing fitness, and helping people improve their eating habits. This podcast exists to share more information to those who are interested in learning about a God, Christ, and biblical perspective of the body. My hope is that the information and experiences shared here from myself and guests help you to change the way you view and relate to your body from God's perspective. Looking forward to having you on the show. Hi, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Christ-Centered Body Image Podcast. I'm super excited for this episode because today we are talking about what the Bible says about the body. There's a lot that the Bible says about the body, and I have loved so much researching this to learn what the Bible has to say about the body, what it means to have a body, what it looks like to honor God with that body. So let's dive in. I will say it again that this is my humble attempt to bring God's word to the topic of body image. I also don't know everything, nor do I have all the answers. My intention is to be helpful and to be obedient to what God's calling me to do, to share this information, talk about this topic, and have dialogue around this topic with other people. Let's first start out with revisiting the definition of body image. Body image definition is our feelings about and perceptions of our bodies. The Bible doesn't specifically talk about body image, but the Bible does talk about the human body. And my thought has been that if we develop a right understanding of the body, the purpose of the body, what it was made for, and what it's uh, meant for, then we can improve or change how we feel about and perceive our bodies, that we can perceive our bodies rightly. We can have maybe, let's say, right feelings about, or we can better uh, process and regulate the feelings that come up when it comes to our bodies because we have a biblical understanding and a biblical view a Christian biblical view of the body. Now, I've mentioned before that there is a lot that contributes to our body image. There are so many things that can cause us to struggle with our body image. There are so many, what I refer to when I teach the course is causes and roots of why we struggle with our body image or negative body image. And one of my friends put it this way, that there's so many buckets that contribute uh, to why we might feel a certain way or perceive our bodies in a certain way. It's so complex. It's really complicated and it can be really sensitive. But I do think that having a biblical understanding of the body can really help us to understand the purpose for which it was made and then to be able to use it rightly and to even view it rightly. So let us start in Genesis 1. So we're going to be in Genesis 1, 26 through 27. We're starting at the beginning. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Genesis 1, 26 through 27. 
Now, in the context of these two verses, this is the sixth day of creation. Uh, It's after God has made and formed the earth and the seas, the expanse of the heavens, day and night, the lights to govern the day and the night, the plants and the trees and seeds and fruit that bear seeds of their kind, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, the cattle, beasts, creeping things on the ground. Then he makes mankind. It seems to me that God is very purposeful, intentional orderly in how and what he does with creating the, the heavens and the earth and the, the seas. And so I would say that it means the same thing for mankind and that he was very purposeful and intentional on how he created man and there was purpose behind what he did. So let's now move on to Genesis 2-7. So next chapter, then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathe into his nostrils, the breath of life. And man became a living being. I just read this and it says so much. I'm going to read it again. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life. And the man became a living being. So if we're continuing along the thought that God is, he's orderly, he's purposeful. It seems to me that the fact that the Bible says in Genesis 2, 7, that God formed man from the dust of the ground. That specifically means when he formed us, he created us. He made us with a physical being with a body. The amplified version says, and God formed man that is created the body of man from the dust of the ground. That in and of itself, that God formed, God created, he, he made us to have a body. He made us as a physical being an embodied being. We were meant to have a body. He formed us with a body, actually like made our bodies. And then to finish the rest of that verse and breathe into his nostrils, the breath of life and the man became a living being. So then that honestly kind of makes me think about what is a living being? What does a living being mean? And in the amplified version, it says a living being, an individual, complete in body and spirit. And so to me, that says that to be a human being, that mankind, we are body and spirit is our whole entire being. We are body and spirit. We're not just spirit and soul. We are also body. And that also brings me to the Hebrew word for living being is nefesh. I remember when I learned this, I was just fascinated by it, that nefesh means a soul, living being, life, self, person, desire, passion, appetite, emotion, but that nefesh, um, yeah, it means a, a living being, a complete living being that just says so much that God formed, created the body of man and that we are, we are meant to have a body. And I think also that it is to be said that we aren't, yeah, we just, we aren't just a spirit that has a body. We aren't just a soul that has a body, but like to be a living being, to be a human being, being means that we are body and spirit. We are our bodies. Our bodies are us. We are part of our bodies. Our bodies are part of us. We are formed and created to have a body. It's not just that you have a body. It's also that you are a body. But I will also bring a caveat in that you're not fully defined by your body either. It can be very dangerous for some of us if we've done this in the past to define ourselves by our bodies. That can definitely happen. And so I specifically kind of bring up these 
two points in that God purposely made us to have a body. We are meant to have a body. He formed us with a body and that to be a living being means we are complete in body and spirit. We have both a body and a spirit because as somebody who I didn't grow up with a Christian biblical worldview, I maybe had more of a spiritual or even a secular view on what the body was and views of the body. And some of those might be just that the body is an earth suit. It doesn't matter. It's unspiritual. Um, and this isn't a biblical view of the body. This is more of a secular and Gnostic view of the body. But all that to be said is just be, I guess, aware of what we might believe about the body and seeing, yeah, I guess what the Bible does have, does have to say about that. Something I will touch on too is that it can be really hard for some of us sometimes because we have probably had a tendency to completely define ourselves by our bodies. So it might be hard to start to like walk this path of that. Hey, the body matters, but it doesn't matter in the way in which I had previously maybe thought that it mattered. Now let's continue with what the Bible says about the body. And I also think about with the fact that God formed the body. He created the body specifically from the dust of the ground, that it's like the potter and the clay and that God was like making us, making mankind out of clay. Now moving on to Psalm 139. This is such a good psalm on how God knows us so intimately and intricately. So Psalm 139, 13 through 16. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Psalms 139, 13 through 16. So when I read this and I read those first couple of lines that he knit me together in my mother's womb. And I think about knitting. I don't know how to knit, but I can imagine that it's friends that I know that knit or friends that I've seen that knit, that it's done slowly. It's done with care and attention to detail. And that this is also how God made and formed us. He carefully knit and made your body the way it is. Even if there are things you don't like about your body, God formed you and knit you together that way. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit. But I also think about this in the aspect of anatomy, anatomy of the human body. And I think about the, the muscular system and how the, the fascia and the muscles are knit together and how fearfully and wonderfully made that is. Whenever I see the poster of the muscular system, I just think of this verse and how God knit us together. And it's just so amazing. But also he made our frame. He made our size, our shape. He made our DNA that will indicate how we look, our hair color, our eyes color. And that even includes our body type, our body type and size. There are so many different body types. I think about all nations, tribes, people, and tongues. Um, God didn't cookie cutter make human beings. We, we all are so different. Each of us, the body of Christ are so different and just Human beings as a whole all look so different. If you really stop and think about that, it's really, really cool. He wove you together in the depths of the earth, going again back to this knitting together. It's like a tapestry woven together, and he wove you with great care. And I even think about with God weaving us together and knitting us and forming us. And if we were to go back and talk about the creation narrative, there was a lot that God said 
and he spoke and things came into being. And when it comes to mankind, there's this aspect of God formed man. He formed, created the body. So the fact that he was like intricately involved with creating us, like he, he touched us and formed our human bodies. And so that even that, I feel like that aspect of being maybe close and personal in relationship. But so Psalm 139, we probably all know this as like, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And, you know, we look at Genesis and where it says God saw everything that he made and he said it was good. So what God makes is good. His works are good. His, his precepts are good. And so that I think it can be also said that the making of our bodies is good. And then our bodies, the works that he made, they're good. Now, if there's anyone listening who has this sense of, yeah, I can read this scripture and how it says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made but I just don't like my body or I don't like this. I want to encourage you to think about what standards of bodies you are holding yourself up to and that you are constantly seeing and being surrounded by and if they are realistic or not. And if they are a true representation of all the different body types and sizes that there are. There are certain body types and looks that are most often highlighted in media that are kind of said like, oh, like this is maybe what the standard is. And so we may believe and think that we need to make our bodies look like that, or we need to, to fix our bodies. And so I would encourage you to just be very careful of what you are looking at and what you are letting guide your thoughts, your perceptions, and your beliefs about your body, because those images that we see a lot and um, whatever environment that you're in of the bodies that you might see a lot in media or even out in the world, they are probably not realistic or a true representation of all the body types that there are. And so just because like your body doesn't look like X doesn't mean that your body's bad or that because your body doesn't look like this, that you need to change it or make it better. Just be very mindful of that because it can be super easy for us. We are constantly surrounded by culture around us that worships the body and has a very secular view of the body and the purpose of the body that can unfortunately shape our view of how we think about the body as well. And so just be, be aware of that. Cause I am sensitive to the fact that in the past I've been able to read this Psalm, but because of where I was and my perceptions and my beliefs about the body and my body, I wasn't able to genuinely say that I know his works are wonderful. It's also, I think, important to just go back to, we live in a culture where the body is, the body's worshiped and certain body types, I guess, are elevated and standardized. And so just being mindful of like what beliefs and perceptions we have of the body. And so my point in sharing these scriptures is to try and help us to change our perception and our thoughts about the body. But I had kind of mentioned that while um, like too much focus on the body can be detrimental, like while we are that we have a body and we are a body that we are not fully defined by our bodies. And that's a danger for some of us to define ourselves by our body. So just being very careful about how much we focus on the body and how we, how we focus on the body and what we think about and perceive about the body. Now, the next thing we're going to chat about in regards to the body is being a temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. So I think about the temple, think about maybe the temple where Jesus would have gone or that, or even let's say the, the, the tabernacle, 
these places were the dwelling places of God where people or priests would go to meet with God. And so how is this tabernacle? How is this um, temple regarded? I would venture to say that it was treated with great respect, reverence, awe. It was holy. It was well taken care of. It wasn't abused. Like I mentioned, it was a holy place where, where God dwelled. That space was consecrated. And now we are that temple. Our body, our being is where that Holy Spirit dwells, is where the presence of God dwells. And so if the Spirit dwells in us, if it tabernacles in us, then how do we how do we treat that temple of the Holy Spirit? How, do we treat it as if it were like this most reverence holy place, like the temple and the tabernacle, where we treat it with great care and we we're very careful about how we entered that space? Um, uh, the, for whatever reason, like the thought comes to my head of like you enter in like a nice house and like taking your shoes off and something simple like that. But like, how do we honor our bodies? How do we respect our bodies? How do we appreciate our bodies? Do we steward it well? And I would even argue and say that how we think about and perceive our bodies is important and matters as far as our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we wouldn't have abused, you know, the temple, the tabernacle. I would say that how, like when we hate our bodies, um, when we are abusing our bodies with our words and our actions, that is not God's vision for our bodies and how we treat and handle our bodies. Um, but I think that's also a product possibly of lots of the things we have learned, I guess, um, absorbed from, from culture around us. So just thinking about that, that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And what does that mean? as far as it being a temple of the Holy Spirit? And how does that help to inform and change how you um, treat that temple, how you think about that temple, and also how you honor God with that temple? Now, let's go back to Genesis one twenty seven, And we're going to chat about the fact that, let me go back and read it again. So Genesis one twenty seven. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So God created a gendered body. I think it's valuable to point that out, that he made us gendered. His design was male and female. His design was two distinct genders. And I think something that's personally really cool for me is looking at this part of creation and how God created mankind and how he created me as a female and this, how it has its own uniqueness. That is a, a gift from God um, as a female. And as a woman, I have the ability to partner with God to bring life into this world. Like what a special, a special gift. Females, we alone um, have the unique role of motherhood and of being a mom. That's a completely different role. We also have a unique biology and physiology that's distinct from males. We have an infradian rhythm. So we have this monthly rhythm similar to like a circadian rhythm within our bodies, which is our menstrual cycle, which then contributes to how our hormones are operating in the levels that is pretty different from males as well. So just thinking about this gendered body and the gifts that each gendered body has and how God just uniquely designed and created just these two distinct, uh, yeah, male and female is super cool to think about. Not only did he form our bodies and give us bodies and that our bodies are a part of who we are, but that he also um, uniquely gave us gendered bodies. The resurrection body is the next thing we're going to talk about. This is in 1 Corinthians 15. And so I remember when I learned about this, my mind was blown because let's say I have mentioned that I didn't um, grow up with a Christian biblical worldview. So I probably had more of a 
irreligious or secular, or maybe in just like a quote unquote spiritual view of the body. So the resurrection body. So more or less, that means like we are going to have a body in heaven. Our bodies are going to actually be resurrected and we are going to have bodies in heaven. So I always had this problem with imagining that I was just going to be this orb floating around in heaven. And I couldn't imagine that. It was hard for me to imagine that. And I think that's because that is not God's like design. Like God purposely designed us um, to have bodies. And so it makes sense that we are going to have a resurrected body in heaven, that we are not just going to, we're not just souls that are going to escape the body. Uh, We're not just going to be kind of like our souls are just going to float off, but that like we will have a resurrected body in heaven. So this spiritual, I guess, worldview is that the, I mentioned before that the body doesn't matter, that it's just an earth zoo or an earth tent is just temporary. It's unspiritual. It doesn't matter. That is not a biblical view of the body. The biblical view of the body, I would say is that like God formed us and he gave us a body and that we will have bodies in heaven. Um, I feel like if we were just going to be souls in heaven, that he wouldn't have created us to have bodies in the first place. And also I feel like he didn't just create, you know, Sam Alberry said this uh, once in, in this sermon I heard that I love that like he didn't just create a soul called Adam. Um, he created mankind. He formed Adam with a body and then breathed the breath of life into him to give him a spirit and he became a living being. So that would make sense for uh, the fact that we will also have these physical bodies in heaven and the resurrection bodies, they are going to be glorified bodies. They're going to be redeemed bodies. They won't be these fallen and broken bodies that we have now. So keep this, when I I first learned about this, it was just so mind-blowing because I was like, oh, wow, that makes so much sense. And so you might even, um, I feel like I'm possibly still hear Christians that I've talked to or met that have made some kind of comment about like, oh yeah, like I'm not going to have a body in the future. So it doesn't matter or something like that. But to be clear, like we will have our bodies in heaven. And also what we do with our bodies now does matter. One thing I would say that doesn't necessarily matter is like wondering what kind of body am I going to have in heaven? What is it going to look like? Because I guess my perception is, is that it's going to be the redeemed, glorious, like transfigured body. It's going to be that perfect body that we were supposed to have before sin entered the world. But it's going to be so glorious that we don't need to even worry about it in my perspective and that we're going to be with God and Jesus and worshiping him. So the thought of what our body looks like isn't even, or what kind of body we have isn't going to even matter. So that's uh, what the Bible says about having bodies in heaven. We will have bodies. We will have a resurrected body. So let me get a little bit into the theology of the body. So this will touch base on a lot uh, that I had already kind of went over and said previously, but it's just kind of in a more ordered format to specifically point out some things that I think the Bible says about the body. So theology of the body. The first part is the formed body. Uh, God formed mankind with a body. He made mankind to have a body. We are um, an embodied being to do this life as a human is to have a body and is to do it through a physical body. And there's also the gendered body. As I mentioned, male and female, each having its unique 
gifts. And then we also have the fallen body. So the fallen body, when sin entered the world and death entered the world, our bodies do not work the way they were originally intended to. We have evidence of the fall over our body. We have sickness, we have disease, we have illness. Their body does not work the way it should. That again is to Yes, God made our bodies, but our bodies are definitely not perfect because they do not work the way that they should because we live in this fallen world, which then brings me into death of the body. Uh, We experience and like our body is dying, it's decaying, it's sick, and it dies. We die. That is a, I guess, consequence of sin entering the world and the fall. So just kind of being aware of that can help you think that the fallen body can really help us to understand like hey, like I can't expect my body to be perfect because like it's not, Um, it is fallen. Like, yes, it is a good creation of God, but it lives in this fallen world. So giving yourself and your body permission to not be perfect and to be more or less flawed because of this fallen world. And then there's also the incarnate body. So Jesus came incarnate. Um, He came, he dwelt among us. He uh, tabernacled among us. He came in a physical body. He came in human form. And so what does that signify that like the body is part of God's creation, the body matters, the body is important. It's part of doing this, this human, this embodied life, if you will. And then there's also the broken body. Jesus' body was broken for us. It was beaten. It was bruised. It was torn apart. It bled. His body was broken for us. He took on what should have been our more or less punishment. So just thinking about the broken body and what Jesus went through and experienced with his physical body. And I think that also just talks to the fact that in Hebrews, it says that Jesus, we have a priest who has been like tempted and experienced everything that we've experienced. So like the brokenness of our bodies and even just the hurt we might experience in our bodies, like God knows that too. And then there's the resurrected body. Jesus had a resurrected body, his physical body, that there was evidence that his body died. He he died, but that his body was resurrected. So we have the resurrected body of Jesus. And then we also have the glorified, the transfigured body of Jesus. So that makes me just think about heaven um, for us and how we are also going to have a resurrected, a glorified, a transfigured body. Then also the redeemed body. Jesus comes not only to redeem our souls and our spirits, he comes to redeem every part of us. And I think because we see that the body is broken, that we have problems with our bodies, we have illness, we have sickness, we have this fallen body, that it shows that our bodies also need redeeming as well. And so we will have resurrected and redeemed bodies. That is just a few things about what the Bible says about the body. And my hope is that through going over these things, it helps you to start to think about the body a little bit differently. I'd like, thank you so much for listening. I hope this gives you food for thought and to start thinking about and perceiving your body differently and also starting to have a biblical view of the body. So I just thank you so much again for listening and I'll see you on the next episode.